welcome to the Lucky Frog Gaming Podcast. Uh, you're joined here by your usual hosts, Josh Hartley and Ben Porter. Ben, how are you doing? Doing good. Um, had our first little foray into Tabletopia just there, didn't yes. we? Yes, and uh, our guide uh, tonight with uh, Tabletopia and his uh, game that he's uh, bringing out soon is Eric Brinker. Eric, how are you doing? Great, guys. How are you? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Um, thank you for uh, coming on the show and uh, spending a bit of time with us just showing uh, Ruins Raiders. So um, we want to get uh, get to know you a bit, see why you wanted to design a game, what your your sort of your gaming CV is, if you will. Um, uh, <laughs> but first of all, why don't you just uh, tell us what the idea is behind Ruins Raiders? Sure. So. The basic idea of Ruins Raiders is going to a temple, grab the treasure, and survive each other, as well as the temple. I was thinking if Raiders of the Lost Ark or, or any Indiana Jones movie um, or something very steampunky, even The Mummy, became a game, then I'd want it to be something like this, where you have the chance to cooperate, but there's also competition if you wanted to just fight each other, and the dungeon pushes back a little bit too. There's just something about tabletop games where people really enjoy the chance to be horrible to each other, don't they? Well, I must admit, so so me and Ben were kind of on the same team when we were uh, trying this out on Tabletopia, and there was there was a little devil on my shoulder just saying, go on, punch it. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Yeah, that's what it should be. <laughs> Let the hate flow through you. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't. I didn't. No, I listened. I listened to the angel on my shoulder for once in my life. Yeah. So, so be grateful. <laughs> oh, no, I am. I, I got out there with that sweet, sweet treasure. Yeah. And I was stuck in the temple when it collapsed around us. <laughs> so. Yeah. But that's it was what worth happened. It. Lesson learned. <laughs> Don't be Getting a good guy. Friend. Hit, hit your right. friend. <laughs> yeah. There, there you have it, kids. <laughs> <laughs> So how long have you been working on uh, Ruins Raiders for now, Eric? Uh, for about six months, mm-hmm. and it goes pretty slow. Some weeks I only get a couple hours. It started because I love um, Pathfinder, Dungeons mm-hmm. & Dragons, uh, on the role-playing side and, uh, and the combat side, and I also love Forbidden Island and the idea that the environment is actually breaking up around you while you're trying to navigate it. So really it started because I wanted... A, something that I had the option to play by myself uh, because I don't often get to get together with a group of people and B, that I could reduce a character's battle stats from Pathfinder down to just a couple of stats so I could teach my kids. Uh, and then the game just kept growing out of those two primary objectives into what you guys just played. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it's really it, it it was really good fun, and uh, and and I can completely see uh, where you're coming from with sort of reducing and boiling down the essence of uh, the more complex RPGs yeah. to uh, mm-hmm. uh, to something that can be done on you know just D6, and uh, I thought it worked really well. It reminded me um, somewhat of like Betrayal at the House on the Hill yeah. as well, uh, the sort of a, a very light RPG element to it yeah absolutely very streamlined as well actually mm-hmm. which is obviously um what you set out to do eric so thank well you done there i uh i borrowed the idea of successes where as you guys saw when you roll a 1d6 if it's a five or a six that's a success 
And I borrowed that from a game I found on Board Game Geek uh, called Dungeon Plungeon. And that was designed as just somebody's fan dream that they just made. It's not a published game, but they have a PDF with the rules. And it was just designed to be a one-player dungeon crawler, which I thought was just a terrific way of boiling down stats. You don't need to buy uh, weird, many-sided dice if you're not the sort of person who has those on hand. And I thought it's something I could run with. Yeah, not having weird many-sided dice isn't a problem that I've had in a few years now. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate that. Well, it, it's true, though. Like The thing with Dungeons & Dragons and Pathfinder and the, those sort of games, whereas you know Ben and I both play them and we, we think they're great fun, but there is quite a barrier to entry. To yeah, that. Yeah. and not not everyone has the the time or the inclination to get their head around you know how those combat systems work leveling up buying gear that sort mm-hmm. of thing so uh, it's it, it's a good idea to to try and uh, distill an rpg into its sort of most basic form and make it into a board game well, thank you i i hope that this We'll, we'll do that by the time it's done. And, and I'm very, very nearly done. I'm just really working on the artwork now. Excellent. So um, I, I take it the plan is to uh, put this on Kickstarter to fund this. Is that right? Right. Yeah. So my goal is to raise enough money in round between the digital offer and the physical offer to pay for a run of 100 copies of the game um, and maybe a little extra that I could use to run Facebook ads mm-hmm. to help push that initial run and then hopefully I, I have enough uh, cash on hands where I could do a second printing and get a better volume discount. Excellent, excellent. And when are you planning to uh, launch this on Kickstarter? Have you, have you, uh, have you got a date where you're going to hit the button? Uh, no. <laughs> my, okay, I'll tell you <laughs> my goal. My goal is to get it done by the summer. But um, by day I'm a marketer and I'm a full advocate of the project is done when the project is done because the world doesn't know that it's coming that i'm trying to hit this deadline and if i'm late i'm late like i said sometimes i only work on it on the weekends Uh, (laughs) but if i can get this done by the summer i'll be pretty happy cool well guys uh watch this space we'll we'll update you on when the kickstarter launches uh and hopefully uh hopefully our listeners agree with us that it looks like a good fun and uh, worth trying out. Let, let, let's talk a little bit about um, the, the game itself. Um, so y- you did mention that Pathfinder and D and D games like that are, are a big influence. Mm-hmm. But thematically, you've gone for this sort of turn turn of the century uh, Victoriana style. That's right. What was the thinking behind that? I love, first off, I love the style, and I love um, not only full-on steampunk where everyone has goggles and they're covered in gears, uh, but I also love something that's a little bit lighter, and I, you see this sort of in The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Mostly I love the idea that there are these urban dwellers who find themselves in a non-urban environment, and some of the people are very well suited to that. Uh, there's a character in here in this deck that is a professional explorer. But other characters would be 100% out of their element, like a street cop or a part-time medium who may bring something to the table, but it would be unorthodox. Uh, That's something I wanted to explore. Mm -hmm. It was cool. I I mean, uh, Ben and I were playing... Well, Ben was playing this old, almost like an Alan Quarterman 
yes. looking looking character <laughs> with a rifle, and uh, I was a uh, sort of steam powered robot. So I, I was naturally his robot butler. Of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't I be? So <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing that your character was also probably drunk <laughs> throughout most of it. Yeah, he, he struck me as a port drinker. Yes. Yeah. Some somewhat refined, but absolutely bladdered. Yeah. <laughs> I'm picturing um did you ever watch the Fast Show, Eric? I don't know how popular that got over in America. No, I don't know what that is. Oh, there was. Uh, so this this reference is going to be lost on you, but like our British viewers or listeners will probably uh, remember the old drunk guy from the Fast Show, who you could only make out certain things that he's saying, and this is exactly what I'm picturing your character, Ben, doing. Shoot the black man! I kind of of imagined him as a sort of Sir Digby Chicken Caesar type character. (laughs) (laughs) My nemesis has left a calling card! (laughs) (laughs) What is it, master? (laughs) I meanwhile, on the other end of the board, uh, Eric was playing. It was a cop and some well-to-do lady. Is that right? Right. So she's my part-time medium. So she ah. has uh, some psychic powers. She can hex people and summon spiritual allies. But uh, it's something she only does part-time. So she's not great at it and, uh, <laughs> and doesn't really identify as it. It just happens. Kind of like, uh, well, it, it, it's a 10 out of 10 for enthusiasm, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, the execution, exactly right. yeah, it needs work. Yeah, it took so, her a whole turn to summon someone, and then it got defeated right away. Yeah, yes. By a mummy? That's right. Yeah, we, we, we had a, a sort of spirit uh, companion getting immediately destroyed by a mummy. And then we had some blood-sucking bats appear as well. The The, the floor was turning into ants. Uh, yeah, the, the, the robot got in a fight with a policeman. And then the old <laughs> drunk guy ran away with a treasure. Yeah. <laughs> While the just, ceiling collapsed on everyone. Yeah, it's just, you, you know, just your standard Saturday night in Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what are the other characters that uh, are, are going to be playable in the final version then? Oh, that's a good question. So we have, let me, um, I'm pulling it up now, but we have someone who is uh, a professional explorer. Mm-hmm. We have someone who is a field medic and then a field nurse who does a lot of what the field medic does, but she's faster. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Um, Clarence Gardner, army doctor, Ebba Riverhopper. She's an archaeologist. Uh, Edith Leafwalker, she's my widow. So the artwork ah. I had originally for her uh, that I have to redo because it's not my own artwork. She is this um, sort of like the woman from Magnificent Seven. She's just got two guns and she's really not a warrior, but she's now battle hardened because her husband is gone. So she's not there for treasure. She's there for blood. And one of the expansion packs I want to do is to publish plot points. And so you would draw a card and it would say, the player to your left killed your significant other. Your only goal in this game is to kill them. Um, ah, it's a bit like the, um, the, the woman ahead. from the Musketeers, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember her? Not really. She, I don't either. Um, <laughs> right, okay, thanks, Josh. Um, Sorry. She is the wife of 
I want to say Athos, but anyway, she's the she was the wife of the leader of the Musketeers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's out for revenge. Ah, she's quite a, a nasty character in her own right. But she's she's I say that to say she sounds quite similar to the widow. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, if the characters there's about twelve total. So mm-hmm. Gilbert Button is a mortician, and uh, and he can he's a debuffer, so he can take down people's defenses with his eerie gaze. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Brace Girdle is my favorite. He's a pickpocket. Uh, oh, so Millie, can he nick things? Is that yes. his, Is that his deal? So if he takes damage, uh, he actually has a chance to steal some of the cards that you're holding. So I like indicating it. like if you were right up next to him and you took a swing, that would be what he gets out of the deal. I see. Oh, very uh, good. Very good. Millie Chubb, she's an air mechanic. I was thinking of Rosie the Riveter for that mm-hmm. one. And then my last one was Victor Hornwood, professional explorer. Victor he's Hornwood. Kind of, a, a, an excellent name. <laughs> thank you. All of the um, names are good. He uh, is a little more well-rounded on his stats, and he has a chance to defeat tra- traps. All right, that's cool. Yeah, that makes him pretty good then, because I think... I don't know what you've found through your playtesting, but uh, it looks to me that the, the the traps tend to kill people more than each other. Yeah, absolutely. And as we found in our test, most people don't attack each other until the very when someone has the master chest and they're trying to escape. Yeah. But really, you could attack each other at any time. Uh, yeah. But you're right. Defeating traps is more worthwhile most of the time. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And what else have you got planned for the final version then? So what we saw with a trap deck, treasure deck, character deck, and tiles are the what I consider the base pack. And mm-hmm. so some of the expansions that I want available when I launch would be the plot cards, um, mm-hmm. so, such as someone else killed someone you love, or uh, a doubling up of each of the... Um, the decks, so more characters, traps, and treasure, mm-hmm. as well as uh, all different tiles. And then one of the things I want to do is make it so that you can have uh, layers of tiles. So I would have to put out like plastic stands, and you could have first floor, second floor, and you could fall through the floor and land on the floor beneath you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I like that. There's, quite, there's quite a few games that that use the uh, the multiple floors. Mm-hmm. Is it? Uh, yeah. There's one Rhino Hero. Yes, I've seen Ooh. that. Yeah, and there, there's another one on Kickstarter at the moment. Um, Agents of Mayhem or something like that. I'm not so familiar with that one, but yeah. yeah. Well, obviously, it's it's not actually out yet. Oh yeah, no, 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 it's on it's on Kickstarter. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's a cool like having that that multi layered mm-hmm. thing because um, well, board games are very uh, very linear in that <laughs> way. You know, a lot of the time, a little two dimensional. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Excellent. That makes sense. Cool. Well, look, um, just um, following on from all the details about um, uh, Ruined Raiders, what uh, what got you into tabletop gaming in the first place? So I really just love rules. Uh, and when I found Pathfinder and Dungeons and & Dragons, games that are just based on the premise that uh, if you love rules, there's an endless amount of rules that you could, you could possibly learn. I was mm-hmm. just in love. And, uh, and I wanted more of a quick setup version of it with a uh, quick entry, uh, one-time play. So I didn't mind. I, I was trying to keep it simple, but at the same time, I didn't mind adding situation rules. Like we, ha- we found the jumping rule, for example. 
or the trap cards kind of came out of that that mentality. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I love about tabletop gaming is is mostly the physical pieces and um, and the way that uh, real world concepts are actualized as a set of logical rules. Mm-hmm. To me, that's that's incredible. I don't yeah. I don't know if it's a turn on for everybody else, but I love it. I do have to say, you know, because we were trying out the uh, this game using Tabletopia, a very useful resource, uh, particularly if you're wanting to play test with people on other sides of the Atlantic, like yeah. <laughs> we were just doing there. Uh, but at the same time, I did feel I I missed that tactile the the pe- moving the pieces, flipping the cards, drawing the yeah. deck, that sort of thing. The smell. It's- it's very satisfying. Like in this game, you get to roll a lot of d6s, sometimes five, eight, or ten d6s, and it's so satisfying to just hold it in two hands and dump them all over the yep. table. Yeah, I mean, we both play uh, Age of Sigma, the the follow up to Warhammer Fantasy. So um, you roll quite a bit of dice in that. Yeah, you you used to roll hundreds in uh, Warhammer Fantasy though, and that yeah. was very satisfying. Just like. Hmm. Picking up fistfuls of dice and dropping them. That's it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, are you playing in a Pathfinder campaign at the moment, then, or Dungeons and Dragons, or? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm leading. Uh, I'm the GM for Curse of the Crimson Throne, a Pathfinder campaign uh, for people that I work with. Oh, excellent! Cool. Well, are they new to it, or have they played before? Most of them have played 5e before, uh, but uh, one I think one other guy has played Pathfinder before, and really it's my first time playing as well. I just mm-hmm. I started listening to some podcasts that do actual play and started reading the books, and, uh, and yeah, it's like just endless rules, incredible story. I was telling someone about it. It's like, if you want a game where you're a type A personality and you make the rules and control everyone's fun and tell them what they can and can't do. This is the game for you. You should be a game master. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. (laughs) If you you are a psychopath. That's right. (laughs) Be a GM. Uh, So so how many people are in the in the party then and what what kind of characters have we got? Alright, so we're just getting started, but we have um, four people in the party. Uh, it's an urban-based campaign. Uh, one person wants to be a druid. We had to have a lot of talk about how to be a druid in the city, but uh, we came up with this backstory that's a little bit like Green Arrow uh, from the comics. So he used to live in the city, and then he was on a trip, and some pirates boarded the ship, and he was the only survivor. Now he's back. Uh, we have someone who wants to be a noble, someone who is um, a 65-year-old level one wizard, kind of left the wizarding world so he mm-hmm. could be a criminal and then he left the criminal world and now he wants to rediscover what he left behind and uh, a next military man as well who's upset that uh, the city botched the investigation on the murder of his wife ah cool the wizard sounds a bit like uh, Walter White from Breaking Bad do you think oh yeah yeah, yeah that makes sense because funnily yes. enough, I was thinking of um, w- w- just when you said there, Eric, how do you be a druid in the city? I'm thinking, yeah, there's hundreds of druids in this city. <laughs> <laughs> so there is such a thing as urban druid, and I didn't know this until yesterday. Uh, so I'm reading more about that. But I, I told the player, like, you will never be surrounded by vines and plants. You can, mm-hmm. you won't be able to say, oh, grab that guy. 
there's no plants that will do your bidding. Yeah. I mean, uh, th- uh, did, what do they do then? Do they just summon hordes of rats and cockroaches? I th- think that's a big part of it. And in this oh, particular man. fictional city, there's a huge sewer network. So I think that could be a big connection. Is it is it Absalom that you're playing in? No, Corvosa. Ah, oh, right, right. No, the, the reason I ask is the first Pathfinder campaign I ever did we, it was set in Absalom, which... If you're not familiar with the Pathfinder universe, is like the the big city right in the centre of the world. So sorry, oh, cool. I'm I'm still on on this thing about the urban druid. It's okay. basically <laughs> just a euphemism for a tramp, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. Well, he's right. got Home, he's, a homeless tunnel dweller. He's got he's, he's got a can of super on it. With, <laughs> <got like, laughs> Instead of health potions, <laughs> cans of lager. <laughs> rum, rummaging about in the public bins to get fag ends for, like, <laughs> for, like, for smoking. <laughs> I think it suggests to uh, whoever's playing him that every so often, like with every encounter with an NPC, he has to he has to start with, excuse me, sir. I'm I'm not on drugs. I'm sober, but <laughs> I I just need some money to get to get the bus home. So. <laughs> I have a job interview in the next city, and I just need the bus fare to get there. <laughs> <laughs> I just need two pounds for a steak bake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how how long have you been playing the uh, pen and like the pen and paper RPGs for then? Uh, nine months. Fairly, okay. I'm fairly new at it. <laughs> and how are you finding them so far? Oh, I love it. So, as I mentioned, I just love, love rules. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know this about myself until I discovered Pathfinder. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, the person says, like, I want to walk over there. And you're like, okay, great. I want you to find this formula and roll these dice and figure out. I mean, this is going to give you a 60% chance and I'm going to roll against you. And I'm like, great. You walked over there. And, uh, and I was just thrilled about it. So that plus um, what I, I really like the adventure path because I like the the big stories. Um, mm-hmm. they, they're out, they're kind of set up as a series of of mini fights or mini sessions, but there is a, usually a big villain that overarcs what could be years of get-togethers with your friends, and uh, and that's all the best TV shows. They all do that, in my opinion. They have your episodes, but by the end of the season, you want to fight the big bad or uncover the big reveal. Uh, so seeing all of those pre-made adventures that have uh, the ad- entire adventure laid out in super detail was just incredible. Yeah, and it's such a like a, both Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder are such rich universes as well. There's basically whatever kind of setting you're looking for, you'll be able mm-hmm. to find it in both. Um, yeah, but uh, no, I, 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 I mean they've blown up massively over the past year. We keep saying it. Yes. Yeah. It's quite surreal that something that just a few years ago was considered to be the province of basement dwelling weirdos and neckbeards <laughs> is now actually like it's That's it, right. it's a mainstream thing. Yeah. You Do know? you guys play? Oh yes. Yeah. I, I'm I'm in a Pathfinder campaign. I'm playing uh, All in Good Seller, a uh, halfling ranger Ooh. with uh, with. <laughs> With with my trusty riding dog Biff, which is this dumb Rottweiler that I've put a saddle <laughs> on, so 
Uh, and Ben, you you've, yeah, I, you've just I been play, trying out your uh, Gloomstalker. Yeah, I play a, a dwarf Gloomstalker, which is one of the, the the new Ranger archetypes that came out with Sanathar's Guide to Everything. Uh, oh, wow. And is he's he's Brynjar, and he's absolutely brutal. <laughs> he's like he's only level three, and he just one shotted a direwolf the other day. Just like cut it in half. Well, he had a maul, so he like splatted it. <laughs> it's like Alsatian jelly all over the oh, <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> don't make me feel sorry for the direwolf. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And is this a? Is this a homebrew or is it an adventure path? How? Wh- where did Charles get your adventure from? Um, oh crap! He put me on the spot here. He he is using one of the supplements. It, it's oh I can't remember the name, but it's it's apparently a really well known delve. Mm. Okay. Um, I can't remember which book it's from, but it is from a supplement. But it is an abandoned dwarf colony. Mm-hmm. So I'm cool. sure there's someone out there who will know the name of it purely based on that. It's an yeah. abandoned dwarf colony, and I believe it has five levels to it. Well, oh, wow. um, the the game I'm playing in, Tom, our GM, it is it is homebrewed. It's his own universe that he's created, uh, Boskin Lands, which is if you kind of think of frontier, um, revolutionary America. So mm-hmm. just when European settlers have got like over colonial there, colonial wars. Yes, yeah. well, it, it's kind of like people versus the elements, and you know the wilds. It, we're in winter at the moment, so we're trudging through snow right now. Um, but uh, Tom just told us at the end of the because um, what he does is he'll he'll take like adventures from here, there, and everywhere, and sort of make them fit into the story. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, the sort of uh, adventure that we're working on right now is one of the ones from first edition Dungeons and Dragons. Oh wow! And it still it still works. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, stay tuned, and you'll uh, find out who how uh, Orlan and his Rottweiler get on with the snow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so in, in terms oh, of other games, um, what have you been playing lately, uh, Eric? really just just that i don't yeah. do a lot of video games uh, it's it's not for a lack of love it's really for just a lack of time mm-hmm. um i've got i've got three kids and uh and a full-time job so i spend yeah. what hours i get working <laughs> on ruins raiders or i hear, for I, I hear having children is quite time consuming uh, so. that's exactly right yeah <laughs> confirm that rumor yeah uh, have you guys ever read um the letters of Tolkien, uh, the Christmas letters to his children. No, no, I have not. Okay, I, I immediately look towards Ben because he's much better read than I am, particularly on things Tolkien. One uh, of my dreams is to adapt this to a Pathfinder campaign, but the short version is Santa Claus and a polar bear go into a mine to fight an army of um, uh, goblins with the elves that they bring along and they meet this other like old brown bear. It's just got all the makings of a campaign setting. It's incredible. That sounds amazing. I want a miniatures battle game based on that. Ooh. I want I want uh, so Santa do- definitely has an axe doesn't he? <laughs> There's there are tons of discussion about like is he a paladin? Is he a druid? Um, I think he might be some, maybe a hybrid. I don't know. No, Santa's yeah. a barbarian. 
Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, surely he's a wizard, right? He can make time stop. Otherwise, well, how else would he deliver everything on Christmas Eve? I think That's he needs his point. own class. I think I think level twenty wizard with maybe some ranks in um, in druid. Maybe do you think he's an all out brawler? Oh yeah, yeah. He's you wouldn't recommend picking a fight on Santa. No way. He'll have you. He'll maul you. <laughs> and if he doesn't get you, the reindeer will. That's right. Because I was going to ask this this polar bear that Santa went down the mines with was he was he riding the polar bear was was he saddled up on it and he was like some sort of festive <laughs> polar knight. So, uh, if you want to get right down into it, uh, the polar bear is this um, good for nothing oaf that keeps ruining things, and but in the end, usually fixes things in a really profound way. It just takes ten. Uh, adventures to get there and the polar bear gets lost in the mines so this is a a finding mission to try to get the polar bear back and he's been kidnapped by these goblins uh there's an old brown bear who lives in the caves and peeks out santa and says i think the polar bear got lost in my caves we should go look for him so no he doesn't ride the pole but i think that once you find the polar bear i think the polar bear could absolutely be his animal companion and then he could ride the polar bear on his way out there we go. So probably some ranks in Ranger then, if he's got an animal companion. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I mean he's, like he's got like level twelve animal. Oh, sorry, sorry, Eric. <laughs> he's gotta be like level thirty-five. He's got five levels in all of the different uh, classes. That's my that's my vote. <laughs> the ultimate jack of all trades. See, well, th- this right. is something that we spoke about. Pretty much all role-playing games do not have a class for a polymath type character. Hmm. Ah, there must be something though, right? Well, there should be. The the only game I've seen it in is a video game, and it was Mm -hmm. Kingdoms of Amalur. And you you could actually um, pick, once you'd met certain criteria, polymath as your class. Right. And it meant that you're good at a little bit of everything. Hmm. So that's what Santa should be. He should be a polymath. Because, (laughs) well, it's... The ultimate renaissance man. Yeah, well, well that, but this is it, isn't it? Is that all, all the D&D classes are, are based on something from mm-hmm. the real world, aren't they? Because the, yeah, you, know, the, the, you had the paladins during the, the, the crusades. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Druids were a real thing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and polymaths were a real thing. Yeah, you know, you know, you say renaissance man, people like Da Vinci, they actually reckon Benjamin Franklin was a yeah. polymath as well. So there was a, there are a lot of people like that, and there, there should be a class that reflects that. I'm in. That sounds great. Yes, it sounds a little overpowered though. But it wouldn't be <laughs> because what what you would have is like uh, I'll have a little bit of that and a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you're amazing at everything. It's kind of what rogues are like, right? Because you. I was going to say bard actually. Like yeah. my bard was a bit like that, except he, except he was stupid. He. he no, he wasn't stupid. He he, he had really low wisdom. Yeah. Like I gave him wisdom seven. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that counts as stupid if you have low yeah, wisdom. Yeah, probably. Well, because the, the definition of wisdom is um, like someone who can go through life skillfully, isn't mm-hmm. it? And if you can't do that, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, fair. Probably reflects me though quite well. <laughs> so. <laughs> I guess anyway, some... on that note, um, yeah, we'll ahead. we'll draw things to a close tonight. But uh, just Eric, thank you very much for coming on the show. 
Um, yeah, you'll let you us guys. know when your Kickstarter is going to go live, so that we can spread the message to our good listeners, and they can uh, they can send your uh, send them your fun money uh, <laughs> to, sure. to get well, this moment, funded. For the moment, you could go to ruinsraiders.com and it redirects you to my Facebook page, where I'm just sort of using page likes as my uh, my lead gen in preparation for Kickstarter. Excellent. There we go. But uh, yes, thanks very much for listening, guys. And look, we'll uh, catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Hi, everyone. It's Charlotte from the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Now be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. All you need to do is search Unlucky Frog Gaming. You can also show your support for the Unlucky Frog through Patreon. To find out more information, check out our website, www.unluckyfrog.com. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.